You're listening to HSBC Talks Business. Learn how businesses like yours are leveraging a wide range of banking solutions to maximize their success and how HSBC is helping them. Listeners should note that this episode has been recorded remotely, therefore the sound quality may vary. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the latest podcast from the HSBC UK Agricultural Team. My name is Martin Hansen, and I'm the Head of Agriculture for HSBC UK, and I'll be joined today by two of my regional agricultural directors, Grace O'Dwyer, who covers the south and east of England, and Andy Hipwell, who covers the central part of England and Wales. Also joining me is Aaron Jones, HSBC's Deputy Head of Agriculture. Today we'll be discussing what HSBC farmers have indicated are the most important ways that they believe the bank can help their farms, and we'll provide some examples of ways we've done just that in recent times. We're doing this to hope that by giving examples of ways we've helped farms already, we might reassure other customers that we're here to help them, to work with them in partnership, and might be spark some ideas on how we can support them. HSBC Agriculture has specialist RMs looking after farming customers, and we regularly ask our customers what's good about the service we provide and what we can do better. And we also ask what our farmers feel is the most important things that HSBC could and should do for their farming businesses. Perhaps not unsurprisingly, according to our customers, the most important service we provide involves the provision of finance, for working capital, for major purchases of land and assets, and for the funding of development projects. Outside of lending though, our farmers have gone on to tell us that they feel the most important things that HSBC can do for their agricultural business are the following. Help protect your business from risks. Help diversification and growth. Help you find cost efficiencies and improve productivity. Help you to improve the sustainability of the farm and address environmental considerations. And help you to adopt and leverage the new technology that's available. Erin, I'm going to come to you first. Diversification, productivity, environmental change and new methods and new technology. I would argue that helping farms in these areas is one way that HSBC could also help to protect the business from risks that are associated with Brexit and the way that the industry is moving towards carbon neutrality. Is that something you'd agree with? Yeah, certainly, Martin. I mean, farming customers often come to us at a time of change in their business, and and that will often be triggered by a change in the environment, you know, the economic or the political environment within which they operate. And of course, farming businesses are facing many changes at the moment, um, leaving the European Union and the common agricultural policy, the new domestic policies that have been worked at in the different areas of the, the UK at the moment. And of course, we would just also beginning to see the changes that will be in the international trade arena as, as well with uh, the beginnings of newer deals, including the one with, with Australia. And, and as, as you intimated as well, sustainability uh, is certainly rapidly going up the agenda for, for farming as they look more ever more closely at uh, greenhouse gas emissions and uh, ensuring that, uh, um, that they contribute to cleaning up water and air quality and, and all of that sort of stuff. So I 
I think we think farmers investing in a whole range of areas influenced by those factors and many other factors. There's an element of waiting and to see in terms of what sort of new domestic policies will be brought out by DEFRA and in Wales and Scotland and Northern Ireland. But what some of our customers are also realising that when it comes to investing in their core businesses, um, there is no reason to delay trying to make those businesses as, as efficient as possible. And also, um, we are also seeing people thinking thinking ahead and realising that the basic payment scheme is reducing, um, particularly in England, at quite a rapid rate, really, and looking at how they can change and diversify their businesses, either into new farming ventures or actually into, into very different ventures and new enterprises. Thank you. Grace, what sort of examples have you seen where HSBC is supporting farmers with changes where we're seeing improvements to both productivity and or sustainability? Thank you, Martin. I think, as you and I know, HSBC has always worked with farmers and farming businesses to support positive changes that improve productivity. And increasingly, as we see farmers grappling with how they will have strong businesses in the future, the solution for most includes changes which both increase productivity, but also meet the challenges to create a more environmentally focused business. The range of examples that I can think of is huge, whether it's upgrading parlours to facilitate increases to herd size and or output, acquiring more land to enable the farm to operate more efficiently, or a complete change of enterprise or systems to meet market opportunities. We're supporting all of these types of changes. But similarly, we have many HSBC customers who, as Aaron mentioned, have already and continue to invest in improvements from a sustainability perspective. The things such as renewable energy continue to be popular, such as solar panels, biomass boilers, anaerobic digesters. There's the whole area of emissions and pollution management, such as slurry storage improvements, upgrading farm buildings and yards to meet environmental requirements, whether it's IPPC or looking forward to some of the um, clean air and clean water strategies and also to improve biosecurity. Now, as these lists suggest, improvements in productivity and sustainability mean different things on every farm. And I think that for that reason, those specialist agriculture relationship managers you mentioned have a key role with their agriculture expertise, enabling them to understand all of these challenges and therefore have very practical discussions with our farming customers on how HSBC can support and add value. And in addition, we recognise that for some businesses at the moment, there will be projects that are critical for the long-term sustainability, but are not directly adding to the short-term profitability of those businesses. And I do believe that having that long-term view has never been more important as well as understanding the range of drivers, both from productivity requirements and the environmental agenda. And they will continue to impact our customers and we will continue to look to support. That's a really good point there, uh, Grace, about the long-term view. Um, and I think in an industry such as agriculture, uh, that long-term view is, is so, so important. You also touched on renewables. So Andy, I'm going to come to you because I know that we've been supporting many farmers for, for, for some time when it comes to investing in power generation. Uh, uh, and, and you've been involved in this for many years. Has, has the nature of the way we support changed? 
Absolutely, Martin. Uh, power generation or renewable energy has been a significant area where we've been able to help and support many farm businesses. Um, renewables is one of the principal farm diversifications, being around 30% of all the farm diversifications that we've seen. The opportunity has changed, as you alluded to. Uh, initially, it was the government incentives being the feeding tariff, the FIT, the Renewable Heat Incentive, RHI, and the Renewables Obligation Certificates, ROCs, which drove the market. These incentives were introduced by the government to drive the amount of renewable energy produced by the UK and contribute to the international agreements that the UK government had signed up for. These schemes provided a guaranteed index-linked income in relation to the energy and heat produced. And as mentioned by Grace, this has led to our agricultural team supporting farms to invest in a whole spectrum of, of schemes, including solar, anaerobic digestion, wind turbines, hydro and biomass. And the vast majority of these investments have been integrated into the farm business in order to maximise all aspects of the investment. One particular good example of this was a dairy farm where we were able to support the installation of an AD plant and at the same time, a very ambitious project, support the building of a number of poultry sheds. This uh, effectively created a green circle with the slurrium poultry muck being mixed with, the, uh, with principally with maize fed into the AD plant, which produced electricity and heat. The electricity is used across the farm, but principally in the dairy parlour, which is quite high usage in terms of electricity. And any electricity not used on farm is then sold into the grid, which provides another stream of income over and above the government incentive schemes. Heat from the AD plant is another byproduct, and this again is used across the farm, but principally in the underfloor heating in the in the poultry sheds, which provides a better environment for the birds, but also aids growth of the birds. Another byproduct of, of the AD plant, which is really useful, is the digestate, which is the end product that comes out of the digester at the end of the process. And one farmer actually described this to me as, as, as rocket fuel in terms of the fertiliser. And I think we've, we've had many reports of this, uh, this digestate being very useful around the farm and reduced bills in terms of fertiliser that, uh, that the farms themselves were having to, uh, having to pay. Whilst this was a big investment for the farm business, which is a risk in itself, these investments are paying back as planned because the project was planned well and executed well by the individual farm business. And because of the diversification of these products and projects that the farm has done, it's able to really help the farm smooth the volatility that we see across all agricultural pricing. So in terms of what we're seeing now, the government schemes have evolved and changed and reduced and some have been closed off. Um, to new application. Therefore, the opportunities have, have changed. And now the principal opportunity for farms we're seeing is where they're actually looking at renewable power generation around reducing costs, sustainability, net zero, efficiency, and ultimately profitability of, of their businesses. And in this respect, we've already supported many businesses. But one particular example in this respect is one of our larger farm businesses that grows and packs and processes top fruits. And we've been able to support with our green lending finance, allowing them to install solar panels on the roof of the packed house. And the energy produced uh, by the solar panels is then used within the refrigeration units, thus reducing the electricity bills of that particular uh, business. And, and it obviously has the advantage of being sustainable. This is 
also aided them in terms of their, their overall net zero position. And this being a green financing that we provided, it gives them uh, accreditation and certification from HSBC, which they've been able to use within their supply chain to demonstrate their sustainability credentials, which is increasingly important. Thanks, Andy. We're seeing we're seeing a lot more green finance coming out from HSBC, and we're also seeing a lot of the rest of our finance, which has got environmental benefits and productivity benefits. Uh, and we're certainly lending quite a lot of money but that is linked to renewables, but that's certainly not the only way we're supporting farmers. Uh, Aaron, can I come to you and, and just ask you to perhaps give a few examples of how you've seen HSBC support farmers and help them improve productivity? I think it's important, actually, that we probably define productivity, because I think sometimes people get confused between production and productivity. We're not necessarily talking about increasing production, although that can be an element of it. Um, But increasing productivity can also mean reducing inputs in order to achieve a similar level of output. So it's increasing productivity we're talking about here, not increasing production. And there are are all sorts of examples. And um, of course, every farm is unique and and, and different. Um, I mean, I can think of a number of examples in, in the dairy world. Sometimes it involves fairly major expenditure, something like a, a new milking parlour. I mean, it it's, uh, certainly hasn't been uncommon for dairy farms to sort of be increasing incrementally and putting on a few more cows and a few more cows and a few more cows till eventually the amount of time spent in the parlour becomes unsustainable, not for the parlour, but for the people operating the parlour. Um, and sometimes, you know, the, the justification can be as much about the well-being of the operators and the labour efficiency on the farm, and increasingly, where you know farmers are finding it increasingly difficult to to get good staff on farms to make the work environments more attractive. Um, some people take it even further on dairy farm, of course, and then um, installed robotic milkers. Um, but others, you know, they're investing in cow tracks on dairy farms to ensure that the utilisation of grassland is, is better um, and can be extended over a, a wider, a longer season, starting early grazing early in the spring and late on into the autumn and even into the to the winter and so on. Um, we've seen uh, some examples of automation. I can think of examples in ag production. There's been a lot of investment in free-range ag production. You know, a number of diverse farmers diversify in that direction um, and investing in automation for, for packing and, and grading on farms. Um, but not all the investments need to be particularly large, actually. there are, I've seen really good examples of use of you know, quite modestly cost technology on, on suckler bee farms, people using heat detection equipment, which are very common admittedly in dairy farms, but still pretty unusual on, on, on bee farms on, with suckler cows. Um, and that then has enabled them to, um, to, to, to reduce the calving interval, which of course leads to greater efficiency. Um, I've seen all sorts of livestock farms. It's been common in dairy farms for a while, but really good to see sheep farmers as well looking at various IT equipment that enables them to measure and to budget the grass and in some cases you know dramatically improving the utilization of grass and forage on the farms which of course means then that they don't have to purchase in concentrate feed um, and not only does that very often improve their carbon footprints but it also increases their the profitability and as we appreciate quite often the the correlation between improving the the economic or the environmental sustainability is often very strongly correlated with economic efficiency and profitability. 
It certainly is. Those and, and Grace, I'll probably pick up with you here then because because I know you've seen examples where projects that have initially been uh, put to us with with strong sustainability aims have also improved productivity, as as Aaron just talked about. Um, what are you seeing? I would completely agree with the sort of examples that. Aaron pulled through where actually those projects with sustainability goals are not going to preclude improvements in in productivity. Um, And in fact, in recent years, if I look back at some of our publications like Taking the Pulse or even our recent sustainability podcasts, that's been a very strong theme. And I mentioned earlier that we've supported upgrades to farm buildings and animal housing. And often that's been um, driven by environmental requirements initially. However, these have often provided improvements to um, key drivers of productivity like animal welfare and biosecurity. And therefore, across a huge range of measures, the farm business has benefited both from the sustainability angle and the productivity angle. And I think Aaron gave some really good examples there. We've also had a number of quite large projects recently where the goal has been to reduce the carbon footprint one or two I can think of focusing specifically on reducing food miles, both for human and for animal food. Um, And in these examples, whether it is local processing of animal feed grown on farm for maybe some of the intensive livestock sectors, um, or relocating the production of soft fruit or salad vegetables from overseas to the UK mainland, there's been a big driver here to reduce haulage, which has a potentially immediate positive impact on carbon footprint. um, And that's um, aside from the challenges that haulage is giving many businesses at the moment. Um, But these projects, as um, Andy alluded to, have also taken the opportunity to adopt renewable energies, solar biomass, heat from wastewater, all of those sorts of interesting technologies coming through. They've also deployed the most appropriate technology in buildings and kit, everything from insulation to automation. And again, another part um, that is coming through very strong is the recycling of waste material, um, whether it's digestate or manures onto land, or recycling the growing mediums for some of those um, intensive crops um, and salad vegetables. Now, whilst the sustainability aims are a key driver here, there are really exciting productivity gains being made whether it's cost savings on inputs, maybe an improvement in yield, it may not, as Erin mentioned, but it's the improved efficiency of input use. And um, Andy mentioned that you know there's an element of project management needed here because these things don't happen by accident. The management of these projects to ensure that they're successful is really critical. This is both for the technology and also in relation to the skills that the team may need to bring in if they don't have them already. However, when we have seen these projects completed successfully, the rewards for the farm businesses are huge. Now, successful projects will often have a few elements. They'll be inclusive. They'll involve all partners, including ourselves at HSBC, early. We like being involved in the project from the beginning because as the business is formulating how the project could work, we in turn can be shaping how we can best fund it. And also, if we're relevant, introducing experts where they could potentially add value to the project. But I again, I agree with Aaron that there are many initiatives we see across farms which are not huge. They are incremental gains. Um, I would touch on things like regenerative agriculture, which is working very successfully for some of our customers. Um, The application of technologies, whether it's genetics or GPS mapping of fields and using that to identify areas of focus on the farm, whilst also enabling um, 
parcels of land which are less, less productive to be identified and potentially repurposed. And again, that whole um, data mining, that whole wealth of information that farms can have access to in terms of their animals and how they're using those to influence things like nutrition plans. And all of these initiatives are changing the conversations we are having on farm. They're driving improvements in terms of both sustainability and productivity. Um, and then I think that, you know, not all of these activities necessitate big funding from ourselves at HSBC, but it involves us in the journey. And it is, as I say, changing the conversations in a really interesting way. Thank you, Grace. I think most of the examples we've been using today have indeed included HSBC funding being provided. And, and we do fund very many projects which help to improve the farm's environmental footprint. But we also see part of our role as agricultural bankers to make sure that we're keeping up to date with the developments in this area, the schemes and opportunities that exist so that we can discuss them with our customers or indeed with potential new customers. Uh, Andy, I know HSBC generally has invested heavily in informing its staff on sustainability issues and that agriculture has particularly been at the heart of that. Would, would you tell us a little bit about the way we've gone about it? Absolutely, Martin. I think um, the first thing, though, to understand is the importance that HSBC as a, as a global bank puts on uh, the transition to net zero. And it has been made one of HSBC's four strategic pillars. And we've committed ourselves to reach net zero emissions for our own operations and supply chain by 2030 or sooner. And clearly, and one of the big areas we're looking at and working on at the moment is we're also committed to working with our customers to reduce their carbon emissions from the overall portfolio HSBC has uh, to net zero by 2050. And this involves supporting our, our businesses across not just agriculture, but in all other uh, sectors. And the bank is committing between US dollars, 750 billion and 1 trillion US dollars of financing and investment by 2030 to help with their transition. Bringing this back to agriculture, though, the support that we're providing for uh, UK agriculture, we recently launched a scheme with a 1.2 billion fund for the agricultural sector. And this, this was twofold, really. One, to help those businesses that had, had issues uh, during the pandemic. Uh, but more importantly, for a lot of businesses, it was to start assisting with the transition to, uh, to net zero and improvements and diversification as, as a farm support changes over the coming years, as, as Aaron has alluded to. Our agricultural managers, therefore, we are critical and have a critical role to play uh, within the bank's ambitions to get to, uh, uh, to net zero by 2030, but more importantly, to support our farming customers in their transition to net zero. So, Martin, as you've already said, we've already invested heavily in informing our staff and on sustainability issues and in agriculture. With our agricultural team, uh, the strategy rolls around informing them, discussing, embedding and coaching to enable our team to be confident and knowledgeable about sustainability and how it relates to agriculture. We're on a journey with this, though, along with everybody else. It's, it's quite a difficult subject. But so far, what we've done is we've set up an agricultural-specific sustainability finance ambassadors group and these group have already been through seven modules of learning on sustainability generally with HSBC's in-house in university. And with the knowledge they've gained from this and our sector knowledge, putting those two together, 
we've been able to put together some specific discussion documents and support material, which we're in the process of rolling out to the wider team. And we're not working in isolation on this. We're already engaging with a number of professionals specialising in agricultural sustainability who've already presented to the team. And later on this month, we have our internal annual agricultural professional development event. And one of our principal focuses will be agricultural sustainability. And we have a number of sessions dedicated to sustainability and the whole ag team will be involved in that. And in addition to that, as you'd expect, we've also been engaging uh, and had a dialogue with many of the key stakeholders, including the NFU, AHDB and DEFRA, to name a few. Clearly, there's a lot going on and we'll continue our journey with our staff to ensure that we're all well equipped to support our customers and prospects on their net zero transition. Thanks for that, Andy. And indeed, thank you, Aaron and, and Grace, for your comments. I'm, I'm going to pull it to a close now, uh, but Andy touched there on some of the ways that we train our staff because we have we have a team of specialist agricultural managers, and indeed HSBC has had that for, for around 50 years now. And uh, part of the way that we train them is a, a week-long residential course where most of the time is spent on real farms, understanding the realities of different farming methods. And we make this course open to all of our new agricultural managers. We're running one very shortly. And indeed, our next podcast will focus on that type of training that we provide, where we'll hear from some of the farms that we visit and how they feel about the way HSBC trains its agricultural managers. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us for HSBC Talks Business. To learn more about anything you heard today, please visit business.hsbc.com